Welcome to the Sports GPS. With your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 3, Episode 49. Parker, what's on the docket today? We are kicking things off on the hardwood with the NBA playing games that started this week. Mm-hmm. Then we head to the Diamond and discuss the first two weeks of the MLB season. Yeah, hitting the big headlines that are going on. And also what we think about these new rule changes now that we've had two weeks of the Yeah, books. and this week we're ending the road trip with our first installment of our MLB Power Rankings. Yeah, Power Rankings plus Eliminator Picks. All that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. <laughs> Welcome back. Jumping right into the NBA, getting into those play-in games. Yeah. We're going to start off with the 7-8 matchup and then finish on the 9-10 matchup, which leads to the, you know, the winner-slash-loser matchup. Right. So, Parker, let's go ahead and hit the Eastern Conference 7-8 matchup. All right. The Hawks, they defeated the Miami Heat 116-105. Kind of shocking. We both like Miami. Their defense, they're, they're battle-tested. Mm-hmm. But Trey Young, he had 25 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. Very balanced game. Don't and, let him get started, yeah, by the way. And, and his backcourt mate, just as balanced, DeJounte Murray, 18 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. That's the thing about Atlanta that like kind of scares you. Like Those two guys in the backcourt, like they, they can set guys up the best mm-hmm. as anybody. And Trey Young, we all know how, how hot he can get, especially from deep. Right. Uh, one of the, I mean, Clint Capella, he's not going to give you a lot of points, but Dude Man had 21 rebounds. Right. And the Hawks bench combined for 53 points. Anytime that you your bench can, like, basically give you starter production, that that's a big win. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, that's the thing. Like, the Hawks, we, we all thought the Heat would be a better matchup for Boston as well. Um, that's kind of become, like, a sneaky little rivalry over the last couple of years. But don't sleep on the Hawks. I mean, the Hawks did beat Boston to get to the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah. A couple years back, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying the Hawks, you know, have a have a run, but right, like, right. You know, I mean, they're going to be a tough out for Boston, especially if Trey Young and and Murray stay, you know, stay hot like they are. And, and so. you still have John Collins, Capella, like it. The funny thing is, like, do I think they're going to make like a big run? No, but do I think they? Didn't play up to their potential this year. No, they didn't. Right. I mean, that's the. I mean, they shouldn't have been in a playing game. You're like I not think, they, I think they were that good. Absolutely. But they just never put it together. Um, let's go to the Western Conference where you had the Lakers. They defeated the Timberwolves one hundred eight, one hundred two in overtime. Uh, that guy LeBron James, he's pretty good. He yeah. Le- <laughs> he led all scores with thirty points, ten rebounds, and six assists. That's a typical LeBron game. Anthony Davis, he had 24 points and 15 rebounds. And Dennis Schroeder had 21 points off the bench. That guy, I remember when he was in Atlanta. Like, he's a solid, more of a defensive-minded guy. But he was, he actually had the three-point shot going in this game, which is kind of shocking because I've never looked at Dennis Schroeder as a shooter. Well, and he actually hit the clutch go-ahead three at the end of regulation. Right, right. And then Anthony Davis commits the stupid foul and, uh, you know, gives the Timberwolves a chance to get back in it. But... The Lakers were down 15, uh, I believe, to start the fourth quarter. But in they this got game. that guy named LeBron. And LeBron and <laughs> Schroeder got ha- – I mean, like, the last play of the game – well, like, the last play of regulation up until the foul. Um, LeBron's driving the right-hand side, gets shut down, puts a beautiful pass right on Schroeder, right in the throwing slot – or uh-huh. the shooting slot. And he yeah. just buries it. And, of course, LeBron and Schroeder both hit – this like same pose where the, the three <laughs> over the arm or whatever. That's yeah. like the new thing. Whatever. <laughs> the new um, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but like that, that was like game set match there for a hot second. It was 1.4 left. Like what are the Timberwolves going to do? And then they put up a, you know, a big old prayer and it gets answered by the fact that Anthony Davis decides to foul Conley. Yeah. And then Conley almost misses the first and yeah. makes it a moot point. It like rolls in off the front. And then he's less like, drains the next two no problem go to overtime and the lakers finish it off in overtime but 
I mean, that was a crazy finish to a game that, I mean, like for the most part, it looked like the Timberwolves had that in hand for, you know, 75% of that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Carlton Towns, he had 24 points at 11 rebounds. That's a typical cat game. Mike Conley had 23 points. But the, the biggest reason why Minnesota didn't take over the Lakers, Anthony Edwards had a rough night. Yeah, he did. Nine points on three of 17 shooting. That's, that's not – I mean, he's better than that. We've seen it all year. He's a budding superstar. But he, he did not show up in a big game against the Lakers and is playing – and uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they only lost by six in overtime. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, they were up. Right. And I mean, Edwards, if you actually look, like he's his entire arm and shoulder area are just wrapped in KT tape. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously he's hurt. Obviously oh, he's no playing doubt. through some stuff. I mean, all guys are. Right, yeah. At, at this, this point, point I mean, year. who's healthy at this point in the season? Right. Unless you've been sitting, and uh, so yeah, I mean, it's tough. But at the same time, like uh, you, you kind of hope that. He has a better night tonight. We'll talk about that here in a second, who they're going to play. But, I mean, obviously they still have a chance to get the eight seed out west. So yeah. it's not it's not all doom and gloom, but it's not as good as you would hope for. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to the 9 versus 10th place games that happen the next night. The Bulls, they defeat the Raptors 109-105. <laughs> Levine, he's a beast. Yeah. I remember when he first came up, it was all oh, this guy's super athletic. It's like, no, this guy's more than that. And he proved that he had thirty nine points. He's I mean, he's a walking bucket. Yeah. I mean, he can do it in any which way, on the break, uh, in transition, just you know, spot up three. He's become a really good shooter. Uh DeMar DeRozan, he had twenty three points and seven rebounds, one of the best mid range guys in the game. Uh, Vucevic, he had a typical Vucevic kind of game, 14 points, 13 rebounds. On the flip side for Toronto, Pascal Siakam had 32 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. That's a typical uh, Siakam game. Van Fleet, he had 26 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. And Scotty Barnes had 19 points and 10 rebounds. But they just they didn't have enough to get, get over the top over Chicago because Zach Levine was a beast. Yeah, I mean, Levine, really, I mean, I'm looking at the stats for right now. We're going to talk about that in a little bit here. But, I mean, the man just, he's he's always good for double digits and points. He always makes his presence felt on both the offense and defensive side of the, uh, you know, of the floor. I mean, I yeah. think he had a couple steals in this game too. So, I mean, he just he does everything that you need. Vucevic is great in the paint. He's always going to pull down his boards. Uh, Demar Derozan is phenomenal. He he can get streaky hot where oh, he can't yeah. miss either. Yeah. So it's not like you know you're you're sitting there only counting on Levine or, uh, but they've got a couple of guys that can put the ball uh, the ball in the hole and and that's always huge to have. Uh, you know, I, I really like this Bulls team. Um, it's yeah. a shame because last year they like had the number one seed for what felt like eons and then it didn't <laughs> yeah. turn into anything. And right. This year they were just, you know, hovering around 500. They get into the play in games, you know, well, with the win, they got a shot. Right. But, uh, right now it's looking like this is uh GG scrubs. We'll talk about it here in a second. Would you say Levine DeRozan is like a top five duo in the in the NBA? Yeah, I like would. Scoring duo. The the problem is that you you need a third now in in today's yeah. NBA. I mean, Vucevic is close, but like he's more of just like he does the dirty work type deal. Yeah. I mean, he's I remember really in Ar- the... I remember in Orlando, like he like he was a guy that you know he's getting you twenty a night, but in Chicago, it's like okay, we need you to. You know, stay in the paint, control that, get on the boards, which he can, which he does at a great level. But yeah, Chicago, they're just kind of missing that extra like offensive punch. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing. Like you, you look at just um, the the big teams out there. Uh, you look at you know Lakers have Davis and LeBron, and then I mean they've got they've got a couple compliments, but. LeBron and Davis are so good, they're almost, you know, like yeah, one of the best duos out there. Yeah, we're just waiting for Anthony Davis to break his leg. Yeah, you know? I mean, you I are mean. waiting for that. But, <laughs> uh, like, let's look at the Celtics. They're big, big three oh, with yeah. Tatum, Brown. Al Horford? I'm just kidding. Stop. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, 
like the Bucks, you've got Giannis, you've got Holiday, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, I mean, you know, oh Chris Middleton when he's healthy, that's yeah. been a problem this year. But we know what he is when he's on the floor. Right. I mean, you look at the Sixers with Embiid, Harden, Maxi. I, I love mean, Maxi. When you have three guys that that can consistently put up, and and what's sad is the Sixers. Like I didn't even mention Harris. <laughs> Your boy. He's kind of become like an afterthought who just does the dirty work. Like he's, he's always Philly's take always take the under. Yeah, well, <laughs> unless one of the other top three isn't playing. Yeah, I know. I'm in which case, it. then you take the over and you cash big. But I honestly, like it, you just look at. I mean, the Suns, yeah, Paul Booker, Durant, Durant. That's why I'm as a Wizards fan. I'm frustrated. You have Beal. Przingis, Kuzma, they've all had individually, like their points, but like they could not stay on the floor. Yeah. Like health was a problem. Sorry. Wizards ran over. I know. You're fine. I, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you, you almost need a third in today's NBA. Oh, absolutely. So just having the two is great, uh, but it's still not phenomenal. And we might as well just say it. Uh, Miami uh, and Chicago just won final 102 to 91. I'm actually glad I didn't bet what I was going to bet. Because I was going to put uh, a little wager on Chicago plus eight and a half, that missed as they lose by eleven. So right, um, one hundred two to ninety-one. Uh, let's go ahead to the uh, last nine ten game: uh, Thunder versus Pelicans. Yeah, SGA, that guy is a beast. Shea Gilgis Alexander, he had mm-hmm. thirty-two points. You know, he's a walking triple double. He did not in this game. Dort had twenty-seven points, but his Backcourt mate, Josh Giddy had 31 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. He was close. On the flip side, the Pelicans, no Zion, but Brandon Ingram, he had 30 points, 7 rebounds. I mean, 7 assists, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. Shea Murphy had 21 points. Herbert Jones had 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And Jonas Valanciunas, that guy's been around forever. Right. Uh, he had 16 points and 18 rebounds. All five starters were in double figures, and they still lost. And this is with a C.J. McCollum who's playing through a torn labor. Yeah. And you don't have Zion. Like, you know, valiant effort by the Pelicans. They just they didn't have enough. Here's the thing. If the Pelicans are healthy, their roster is actually very, very good. No doubt. I put them in, you know, top five in the West uh, if, if they have a healthy roster. I mean, just from a namesake. Uh, the problem is, yeah, they weren't healthy all year. Zion is... Uh, man, what, he, he what do we to, even want to say about I mean, him? He's not, like, out of shape, but he needs to lose weight. Right. Because when you're that athletic and you have that kind of bounce, when you're that size, it's catchy. It's going to catch up to you, especially your knees and your lower half. Mm-hmm. Like, your body just can't hold that when you have that kind of ferocity and, you know, just continually with, with that bounce and laying on your on your legs like that. Right. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you there. So, I mean, it's it's tough. I'd, I'd like to see Zion stay on the floor, but it's just not happening as of recently. So the Thunder then will face the Timberwolves tonight. Tip is 9.50. Who you got in the game? Hmm. Who are they again? So uh, it's Thunder T-Wolves. Thunder T-Wolves. I want to say Minnesota. Like, if, can you guarantee me that Anthony Edwards is going to bounce back? Right. Um, but the way uh, Josh Giddy played, and you have Shea Gilders Alexander, I think I'm going to go Thunder. I want to take the T Wolves because I, I, I've always, I, I've said this before, I, and I can't remember whether I've said it on here, but Anthony Edwards is like one of my favorite non-Philly yeah. players out yeah, there. Yeah, you have. It's and he, he's fun. He's it's, really good watch. I, I, you know, I've always enjoyed him. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet he has a bounce back game, and I'm gonna take the Timberwolves. But if he shoots the way he did the other night, it's it's a wrap. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he'll bounce back. I just think Shea Gilders Alexander does not get enough love. No, he doesn't. You're right. Like, yes, we know who that is, but like, I don't think people realize how big of a superstar that is. Well, I think him playing with LeBron actually helped him early in his career. Sure, he learned how to be a pro. Yeah, I you know that's the other thing too. Like, we always talk about players that. Um, played with certain greats, and they're like, oh, man, like they they made me better. I don't think of a – I can't think of a better example of a player making other players better than LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I look I look at a guy like Kyle Kuzma. Right. Like he's become the player he is because when he was in L.A. and they won the title, he was a secondary player, and he played off LeBron. And now he's – I mean, I'm not saying he's a superstar, but he's an all-star type player. Right. And, like, that dude can score 
from all over the floor. Brandon Ingram is the same same example. I just especially later in the career LeBron. Yeah. Where he's, you know, he's matured, he's gotten he's taken on more of that coach role. There's a lot of players that have played with LeBron that have been very good when they become the first or second or third option as compared to being the fourth or fifth option with yeah. LeBron on the team. Yeah. And and they've they've made some really, really great career bounds and, you know, common denominator of um LeBron, excuse me. Uh, you know, it just makes a makes a lot of sense there. So yeah, I mean, love or hate LeBron, like I I have mixed. I'm like I are I know he's a great player. I'm not doubting his talent, but love him or hate him, like the one thing you cannot take away from LeBron, he's a team guy. Yeah, like he like go like game on the line, need a bucket. Everyone's like, oh, he should take the last shot. Well, do you want him to? Absolutely, but. He's gonna make the right play. Prime oh, example was the it, the other night. Like he literally gets blocked out and makes yeah. a perfect pass to Schroeder, and Schroeder drains it. Like if dude man is wide open in the corner, LeBron's gonna drive down the lane and kick it out, and you make the shot. Yeah, I know he did that in Miami. Now it helped when you had Ray Allen, right? Yeah, and like and one Chris of the Bosch, <laughs> one of the greatest Dwayne Wade. Yeah, I mean Ray Allen, just one of the greatest shooters ever, ever of all time. Right, but like. The point is, like, he's going to make the right play. Everyone's going to say, oh, LeBron. Oh, I know Skip Bayless used to give him a hard time about it. Right. And it's just like. Doesn't have the clutch gene. It's like. My butt. Look, Michael or MJ. I mean, (laughs) Michael or MJ. Michael or LeBron. I'm going to take Michael to take the shot. Right. But I also don't have a problem with putting the ball in LeBron's hands because he's going to make the right play. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I'm, I, I I, will say this. There are times that Michael made shots in in his career that were were terrible shots, but they went in and everybody's like, oh, they were great shots. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you can't you can't always judge, like, a, if a shot is great or not just based off of the result. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, I will say – 99 times out of 100, LeBron makes the right basketball play. Yeah. Even though it doesn't come up with the right result. It's not going to always work. Yeah. Like, Mike Miller's not always going to make the shot. Yeah. But is it still a good option to give Mike Miller a wide-open three? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Good good, good LeBron. LeBron <laughs> yeah. slash Michael Rant that came yeah. out of absolutely nowhere. Hey, that's cool. Um. So, again, we're going to... Just go ahead and hit you with the uh, Heat have defeated the Bulls. So the Heat will play the Bucks in the first round. And the Hawks obviously play um, the Celtics. All the other matchups were known. Uh, winner of T-Wolves Thunder tonight go to play the Nuggets. And the Lakers, by their win uh, the other evening, go on and face the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant. So. I actually... And I'm not again. I'm not a Laker guy, and I don't really think this is a great team. But I think they could they could take Memphis. Well, and that's the thing, and that's the reason why last week I said the Lakers are set up that Cinderella play in yeah. is the Lakers because they get a somewhat scuffling Grizzlies, and then they face the winner of Kings versus whoever the heck the Kings are facing. Yeah. Um. It's not the Suns. Yeah. Is the Warriors? I think the Warriors are six. Because, like, let's look at just a quick, like, top two guys on Lakers, Memphis. Okay, who would you take, LeBron or John Morant? Uh, LeBron. Okay, who would you take, Anthony Davis or uh, Bain? I'm taking Davis. If he's healthy, which he is. Yeah, and and that's not taking away from Jaws' greatness and Bain's a good scorer, but, like, you're going to take LeBron AD if they're both healthy and playing at their level. Right. And yeah, I mean that it, it only it, it it's only logical. It's only logical. It's only logical. Absolutely. So, um, and I I think I was correct. Yeah, Kings Warriors, and so the, that's that's fun. So the winner the winner of Kings Warriors plays the winner of Lakers Grizzlies. If the Lakers win, I like their chances both versus the Kings and the Warriors. I think I think the Warriors will give them a tougher time. I think they will too. But at the same time, like it's still it's still there. It's. I mean, the Lakers would still have a chance. Right. I, I think me personally, I would take the Warriors, but like, I'm not. I wouldn't hate you if you said, "Oh, give me the Lakers," because they, they would obviously have the momentum. Right. So you know, you got to think about. 
And they have some guy named LeBron who's, yeah. you know. And a healthy Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have to face the Suns, so that's key. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it makes, you know, mm. it's crazy. Yeah. But, oh, well. Let's uh let's drive on from here. When we return, we're getting into the MLB news, the newsstand as the it news were. Stand. I mean, we have to take a break. You bath and break, get snacks. Yeah, get snacks. M M&M and M peanut butter. Here we come. <laughs> and then when after that, you know, hit the power rankings and the eliminator picks. So let's go ahead and take that short break right after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're headed to the Diamond Major League Baseball. First two weeks of the season are in the books. CJ, start us off with the big news. Well, the big news: the Rays were. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were thirteen and zero to start. Uh, they just took suffered their first loss of the season at the hand of the Toronto Blue Jays, six to three. But let's get into the historic start. First team since 1987 Brewers to start the season at 13 and 0. They have no player over 30. Crazy. And uh, Parker, this is a crazy stat that you that you came up with. Um, no free agents after this season. Yeah, and then they have the same exact team from last year, except for their big signing in Zach Eflin. <laughs> yeah. And then Kevin Kelly. Yeah, a, a relief pitcher. Right. So, like, I mean, it, the team cohesiveness, cohesiveness is yeah. there. Uh, they're not, you know, they're not fiddling around with anything. They had a really strong spring. Yeah. And, I mean, they're looking good. Dude, Here's the thing. The, ba- um, the balance of this team is amazing. Right. And I got a text message today. Now, I, I, I will put this caveat out there. Um, I have... A uh, a lot of my friends from college are Pittsburgh Pirate fans, because again I went to college in Pittsburgh or around Pittsburgh. Uh huh. So a lot of my friends are Pittsburgh Pirate fans, and one of them texted me today and said, "Whoa, the Rays, thirteen and 28th highest payroll. So they're the third from the bottom. If uh, you you can't keep track there, so there's thirty teams. <laughs> yeah, they're third from the bottom." And yet they had the best, they still do actually, had the best record in baseball, even with their first loss tonight. And he said, what the heck are the Pirates doing? (laughs) And, I mean, you think about it, but everybody says money, money, like you you can buy wins in baseball, which is very true. You can absolutely buy wins in baseball. Um, But streaks like this are are crazy to come by. You're never going... You know, one sixty-two and zero in baseball right, it ain't right, happening. Right. So, like, you just try to get the most, and you try to marginalize over a large sample size, which is what what baseball does oh so well. Is they, and especially this year with balanced schedules, um, you you get you face everybody. You're gonna have margins, and Tampa's very good at getting those margins to be very very good. Uh, and, and I they spend a lot of money in scouting. They oh, might yeah. not put a lot of payroll out there, but they've got a scouting department that's insane. And their pitchers and their and what they do with their pitchers, like their relief pitchers, even their starters too. Yeah, what do you say about their relief pitchers? They're, they're all the same. They <laughs> like they're all six two. Got you know upper nineties fastballs sink. with run and sink. And it's it's stupid. They yeah. literally just like, oh, which six foot two guy am I gonna throw <laughs> out this inning? Yeah, it's disgusting what they find. And to tell you the truth, I think they they clone them like legitimately. There's a there's a cloning place somewhere in Tampa, probably in the depths of Tropicana Field. Yeah, I mean that place that place already looks like a dungeon. So yeah, might as well yeah. Un- underneath. You know, the stadium, yeah, they, they got it. They got something there, so they just clone them. It's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, we always undersell the race. Dude, and... dude they lead Major League Baseball on home runs. Yeah. I mean, every, every year we talk about the pitching, yeah. as we should. But their offense this year, Wander Franco, superstar, Randy Rosarena. I know last year it was it was kind of it was kind of a rough year after he you know because they had a big postseason two years ago. Right, that kind of got his name out there. Had a struggle last year, but this year he's beast and uh brandon uh lau he's awesome like they and then it's just cohesive like there's no one just playing so far out of their like like their gift like their 
their skill. Yeah. They're just, um, yeah, it just it works. Yeah, it, it does absolutely. And, and and the culture, you know, Kevin Cash has done a great job. That coaching staff, like you said about their scouting department, they they put the money in the right places. Yeah, and and it also helps that you play ten of your first thirteen at home. Yeah, that does help. It does. It doesn't hurt. Even though Tropicana Field, I mean, is that really a home field it's advantage? St- you still get the last ups. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I'm with you, but like sometimes I'm watching him, I'm like, it's the middle of summer and it's so dark. I know they're yeah. indoors, but like, can we put some better lighting? Yeah, or something? can we get something? <laughs> well, but that's the other thing too. Like again, I state this. I remember playing fall league baseball when I was younger. Uh-huh. And we went out for the the cuz you, you don't have home and away. It's, it it happens by a coin flip in fall. Right, league, right, right, it does. So you you go out there and the coin we win the coin flip and we're like we we want to hit. And we go back <laughs> in and my coach is like, "What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> when you win the coin toss, you choose home. <laughs> Every time, every like it's not even a question. It's 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 just like you choose to defer. But it's so when tr- you win the coin toss, <laughs> it's so true in though. Football. Like coin toss, and like you're you're a young kid. You're uh, we want to hit. Well, and what's <laughs> funny is like I knew I was hitting third because I already saw the lineup. Right, I knew I was playing third, and I was and I was hitting third, and I'm like. Get my bat now. <laughs> yeah. Get my A B now. Now Grant, I mean it worked out for us. I think we scored like two runs and you know, whatever. So I mean it yeah. worked. We won the game, but it was still one but of those still. like your coach was sitting there like, What are you doing? You know you're still gonna get those at bat. Yeah, you're gonna get that at bat. You just go get three outs in the field first. Yeah. Right, right. So it was it was still funny though, for sure. Um let's talk about two other massive things. Well, one's really big. Yeah. But then the other one is like sneaky big, and it, it involves my pick for the AL Central. Yeah, how's that look? Javier Baez, what is wrong, dude? I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I mean, the man's uh, slashing one twenty two, one eighty two, one forty six for an OPS of three twenty eight. When you told me his OPS, I go, "How is that possible?" Um, especially, if, and it's not just because it's Javier Baez, but it's like, dude, like they're like marginal players that have a better OPS than that. Well, like, it's not just better. Like, he's barely hitting. Oh, he's way under the he, nose. A yeah, he's not even hitting his own weight. He doesn't even have an on-base percentages of his weight. <laughs> Listen, I've had higher games of bowling than his OPS when I have handicap. And I'm not, like, that bad that my handicap's terrible. Right. But, like, you know. Back in the day when I had like sixty sticks and I bowled a you know two sixty eight. Yeah. Hey, what do you know? That's his OPS. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sitting here saying that he's like this is bad. This is not good. He's also had multiple errors, not yeah. just physically but mentally. He's had two physical errors with the glove, but he had a couple like mental blunders the other day on second, one out, deep fly to center. And he just starts taking off. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, it's not like it's it's not, you know, like it's not in play. Like, yeah. caught, and he gets doubled up. And then all of a sudden he looks around and he sees, oh, I just got doubled off at second. And he, like, <laughs> chucks his helmet down. Like, I'm sorry, the Tigers, I, I pick you because I thought, keyword there, thought, yeah. That you would make, you know, like your team isn't that bad. No. The problem is your big guy, your big gun is not doing what he should do. And so you're three and nine. Like, I don't, I don't understand this. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I'm, I don't get it. And unfortunately, the days of Detroit specifically, like just relying on Miguel Cabrera. Like, he's retiring after this season. Right. So, like, the days of him being triple crown guy are over. I mean, he's still a, a solid big leaguer, but he's not carrying you. Javi Baez is supposed to do that, and right. he's not. Well, and then uh, Austin Meadows going on yeah. the IL. Like this, like, this entire team is just an absolute shambles. And I should have I listened to you 
Well, remembered that you picked the Tigers jokingly slash not jokingly a little bit last year. I picked them to make a surprise. Pick. I picked them to make the playoffs last year, and they were garbage. And I was they like, were. but they just went and got Meadows. Javi Baez can't be as bad Honestly, as he last year. My biggest problem with Detroit, yes, Javi Baez is a big problem, but their pitching needs to be better. Like the reason why I like this team so much last year is because I thought, oh well, this team can pitch. And they're they're not doing it enough. Like like Casey Mize, like, dude, you were a number one pick in the draft. Can yeah. you be better? I mean, let's see let's see here. Like their their team ERA is twenty ninth in baseball. For all of you that do not know, there are thirty teams in Major League Baseball, they're twenty ninth behind Oakland. They have a six point two four team ERA. Yeah. Like, come on. Like yeah, I need, I need Casey Mize to lead the way. Spencer Turnbull, like they have, they uh, Danny Manning, or no Matt Manning, excuse me. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I was thinking about the basketball player, but uh, uh, anyways, I mean the bottom line is you're three and nine. Your pitching should be your strength. Javi Baez, you should be the 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 big gun. Yeah. to carry the offense, mm, nope. and none of that is happening. Yeah, I mean he's uh, last year in Detroit. His first year in Detroit, it wasn't even that great too. Because he had his second lowest OPS ever <laughs> at 671. The only year that was worse than that was 2020. And, like, you can kind of throw 2020 yeah. out the window. Yeah, COVID year. I'm so, not, I mean, yeah. but then right after COVID year, 2021, puts up 184 strikeouts split between the Mets and the Cubs. Yeah. And then last year wasn't any better because he didn't hit worth garbage. <laughs> So, like, I mean, honestly, like, he's been a shell of himself ever since COVID. Yeah. So, I, I, I just can't trust him. Like, I'm still betting on the 2018 Javi Baez, who hit 290 with an OPS at 881 and had 111 stakes and with was a, 34 taters. It was an awesome defender. Yeah. You don't get the name El Mago to be, like, pedestrian defender. Right. And then 2019, I know he only played 138 games. But he still had 85 stakes and 29 yeah. taters. Yeah. Gets his, like, you know, like, getting ready, building up. He goes COVID year, has a down year, has an okay year minus the strikeouts in 2021, but everybody just chalked it up to split in time with two different teams. Gets the big payday from Detroit and has given them nothing. Yeah. I mean, absolutely nothing. And it's a problem. Javi needs to be better for that team, and right now he's not showing it, and that entire team is in trouble because of it. And that's, I mean, it's not even a, it's not even a joke. Like they're, they're, they're not good by any stretch of the imagination. And another guy that I need to like needs to step up. Your your former first overall pick. Spencer Torkelson. Yeah. You're hitting 234 with one dinger, six RBI, with a 607 OPS. Now, yeah, that's better than Javi Baez, but that's not saying much. Yeah. Like, you weren't. Sorry, I could go to the major leagues and hit better than Javi yeah. Baez right now. Like, you, you weren't selected that high. You wouldn't already be in the big leagues if you were just some guy. Like, right. you need to carry the load. Like, you're supposed to be the next Miguel Cabrera for, right. for Detroit. Here's here's the kicker. You ready for this? Yeah. Right now, the Tigers' best batting average player right now on the team is Matt Veerling, the Phillies' fifth outfielder last year. I, I did see uh, – he had a, a really good game the other night. Right. But, like, I get your point. Like, he should not – He should not be leading your team in average. Because, I mean, look, I'm not saying Matt Veerling's a bad player, but – with with you guys, there was never a time when he faced my Braves. That I was like, "Uh oh, Matt Veerling." Like he's just a so- he's like an he's, he's a, a great player. He's, he's a role wrong. he's a role guy in, in my opinion. Did he not go? I mean, and he went Bridge versus Hater. He was the one who hit the first one against yeah. Hater when Hater had his downfall before he got traded last year. So it's not like the dude doesn't belong in the bigs. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that. But like. 262, first off, that's leading your team. And second off, it's Matt Veerling. I love the guy. But, like, yeah. he, he ain't it. But, so. like, but, like, where are guys like, I don't know, another former first, you know, top 10 pick for them, Riley Green. Come on, dude. You're super talented. Right. Uh, Akil Badu, uh, Jonathan Scope. Scope. Like, 
you know. Like, I will give Bias some credit. He is two for three with two stakes tonight. So, so he he knew we were gonna good stuff. He knew we were gonna talk about. Yeah, that, I mean right? he's he's creeping towards the Mendoza line at one fifty nine. Say, woo, stark advantage from that one twenty two that I stated earlier. But still, yeah. yeah, not great. And so the Tigers need to figure that out. Um, let's talk about the last big thing in news because I'm sick and tired of talking Javi Baez and <laughs> the terribleness of my pick that in three and nine. Yeah. Let's talk about the new rules. Dude, love them. There were three big rules. I don't know if you knew. There were three big rule changes. Uh, first, MLB implemented the pitch clock. Love it. Um, and then with the pitch clock, they also implemented the disengagements rule uh-huh. um, and bigger bases. So that's kind of led to some more steals. And then uh, no shift anymore. Oh, so thank goodness. when the pitch is thrown, uh, uh, you have to have two fielders on oh, either side of second. Yep. Now, granted, they could be basically right on top of second, uh, but they got to be on either side of second. I will give one team and credit. I'll give one team credit. The Kansas City Royals, they brought their left fielder in to play on the right side to like have like a shift basically. They've done that like 18, 19 times and no other team in the bigs have done, has done that. Right. Now, I think that will change as the season goes, but yeah. like, you know, Kansas city, they know they're not, they're, they're not contending mm. and they're, they're experimenting and, and see what they can do. But right. You know, I, I'm, I'm so glad this shift is gone. Yeah, I am as well. I, I, I do. I understood why people are like, oh, just hit it the other way. But guess what? It's not as easy just to say, oh, hit it the other way. Yeah, especially That's... when you're facing guys that throw upper no. 90s, gas, movement. In on your hands. And, yeah, just like just chucking it at the inside part Like, of this bat. is the big leagues. The hardest thing to do in sports is hit a, a round ball with a round bat. Yep. And just to say, like, oh, yeah, just hit it the other way. Like, that's not easy, especially when the pitcher is throwing inside for a purpose because he doesn't want you to hit it the other way because yep. he's got three, four guys on the right side. Yeah. You know, so. No, I mean, granted, I will sit there and say that, like, you could bunt for a hit and then, yeah. you know, force it. But at the same time, the the – Major League Baseball, well, baseball in general, has has gone toward the long ball. So you're essentially sitting here saying, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna guarantee myself a single, or could I get a dinger?" And, yeah, you know, I, ju- you I just love how out. like some people like just think like everybody can be Tony Gwynn. No, right. no, they can't. No, they can't. No, I mean that man's Hall of Famer for a reason. Correct. Uh, let's go over kind of the big things that have happened with that. The average with the pitch clock and the disengagement. Average time of an MLB game is down from over three hours. Uh, last year, I think it was 3.05 to 2.39. And it's the yeah. first time it has been under three hours since 2011. It's <laughs> the first time it's been this low since the mid-80s. Yeah. Uh, that's huge for the game of baseball. Yeah. Um, it was kind of dragging on. You were losing viewership. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a, a big deal because there is no clock, right? Yeah. Like you you watch football. There's a clock. Basketball, clock. clock. Yeah. Soccer, continuous clock. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so hockey, clock. Like everybody knows, hey, there, there's a clock. Now, there's stoppages in it outside of soccer. Uh, but <sighs> like there, there's still a clock. And baseball right. – in some way, has been great for the fact with no clock. Yeah. But with adding this small pitch clock to make pace go, um, it's been phenomenal and obviously shown a lot of results. Because I know, like, okay, so, like, for you and me, we're baseball guys. So if a game's three and a half hours, we don't really care. We don't care. Right. But, well, first of all, I don't want a game to go four hours, and that does happen in the postseason. It does. But, like, like the pace like we need, like you need to, the casual fan, they need to be able to watch the game and enjoy it. Yep. You need to be able to go to a baseball game and not be there like, all right, this is an all day event. Yeah. I mean, oh, and they're not playing a doubleheader today. Yeah. So like we just, like it needed to happen. Baseball, they're they're they take forever to change anything, and yep. I'm so glad that they made these rule changes and and they're they're actually trying to like change the game for the better. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, like, if you – because, like, trust me, there when you're watching old, you know, baseball – even last year, there was plenty of time to be like, all right, I'm going to take a – I'm going to go get a snack. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then you're not going to miss anything. Yeah. You do that now, you might miss – You might miss half inning. Yeah, you might miss half inning. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. But, yeah, that that is true. And it, it is nice. They, they've made progressive moves for this same reason. I mean, they made the, the three-batter minimum rule – um, 
extra inning rule. Extra inning rule with the uh, with the runner on second. So that helped. That aided it. But that went from three hours and eleven minutes to three oh three last year. I mean, this is a massive, drastic change. Do you th- do you think do you think we'll get automated strike zone? I think eventually. Okay. Um, do you want the automated? I do not. I yeah. Do not. I I, I like some human element in Correct. sports. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm I'm but I, I'm not and I I do like their their fault with the challenge because yeah, the challenge I, happens yeah. quick and it's very much yeah. like the tennis challenge where it just yeah. pops up on the board. Right. So I do like that, but I mean, you made such a big stride on shortening the game. That I'd I'd hate to add something that lengthens the yeah. game and yeah. and possibly do that. So they have to figure out a good implementation for that, and it's got to be almost automatic. Um, yeah, absolutely. And they've experimented with the minors, and I like it, but it's not it's not quite there yet for me to be wanting it in the bigs. Uh, let's go to the other two uh, bigger bases. The bases went from a 15 by 15 inch to 18 by 18 inch, and we all knew this was going to increase stolen bases, which it has, which it has by a lot actually. Oh um, yeah. Bigger bases has led to a 1.267, and that's successful stolen bases uh-huh. um, per game. Uh, that is up from 1.023, and that's per team, by the way. Or, yeah, no, that's per game. My apologies. Uh, that's up per game. Now, granted, that might not feel like a lot, and you'd be like, oh, that's that's really not that big. But then you think about it, last year we had 2,400 stolen bases, we're on pace for over 3K, and that'll be the first time since 2012. So a lot of stolen bases, which is good. Um, you know, helps the excitement factor in the game, and yeah. the fact that games are shorter, more movement, more excitement. That's what everybody's looking for as far as a consumer. And then the no shifting, we we figured it would increase offense. Now, which, granted, well, yeah, it's not like monumental from a runs per game, but I mean, you have batting averages increased from 243 to 249. Uh, that might seem like much, but still early and usually batting and batting average increases over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Average hits per team is up from uh, 8.41 to 8.16. Yeah. And uh, 8.13 over the course of the last two years. Yeah, so, I mean, you're increasing by, you know, basically a hit per game. So, like, last year we were averaging just over 16 hits for a game this year, we're averaging just under 17 hits a game. So, I mean, that that just shows you that the shift helps in this regard. And it's just, you know, increase offense, goes there. I'm interested to see what the batting average looks like. Um, More singles. At the end of this year. Well, I, I think at the end, after, you know, yeah. we get the full sample size. And we all know pitching usually dominates early. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they're, they're more prepared, ready to go for the season. Right, and, you know, just the amount of bats that happen in spring is less and less to avoid injury. Right, right. So uh, I'm interested to see what the full year looks like there. That's the only one I kind of hold out for with the shift, but I like it regardless. Uh, but I definitely enjoy the stolen bases, and I definitely enjoy the fact that the, the pitch clock seems to be working, the disengagement rule, which also leads to more stolen bases after, you know, yeah, two picks, so... It also he, there's a massive advantage for left-handed pitchers now. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know. People probably don't think about this, but so two disengagement means pick off or step off the rubber is a disengagement, and um, you're allowed two per at bat. Doesn't matter if they steal a base and doesn't reset it's per at bat. Yeah. So, but a lefty, um. A balk is what is called if you disengage and don't pick off the person after two. So you're allowed two disengagements where nothing, like, you don't get him. And then if you do a third and you don't pick them off, then it's a balk. It's a balk. So, but lefties, Andy Pettit was the best at this. He used to raise his leg. Borderline balk. Borderline balk every time. And now lefties can basically sit there after two disengagements and try it again. Because worst case scenario, you don't get him, and they call a balk, or and he, and it's he gets a the, balk. He gets the base anyway. Yeah, so like you could borderline try to get him on a pickoff and just pray the umpire doesn't call him, doesn't call you for the balk. And if you miss him, it's the same as a balk anyway. So like, it, it's it's a massive advantage for. I, I'm interested to see how many more pitch outs we get. So like if you're if you're a pitcher, right, right hand or left handed, yeah, you, you, disengagement, and then 
The runner knows, okay, he's only got one more. I think I might take the bag. And if you're the pitcher, or if you've already used both engagements, okay, I know he's going to run now because he knows I can't throw over yeah. and just pitch out and, and might get that runner. At yeah, second. maybe. Uh, there's definitely a lot more strategy. But yeah, it does lead to a ball if you miss and then you get the pitch clock violation. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so definitely a lot of fun. All right, well, that's going to finish up the newsstand. When we return, MLB Power Rankings and our Eliminator picks. Let's see who we're picking and uh, who we got in the top yeah. slot. Top slot, probably not going to shock you, but the second, <laughs> yeah. very interesting. We'll uh-huh. be right back. Welcome back. Getting into the last segment of the day, the MLB Power Rankings. Uh, we, we really have never done MLB power rankings before, but we've yeah. done them for every other sport. So we might as well. Yeah, just we're doing it now. Every two, every two in. weeks, we're going to give you our updated power rankings. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, we're going to get into it right now. Let's talk about the honorable mentions, the uh, Metsies. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like you, they're, they're still good. They still yeah. have a massive payroll. Uh, Verlander's out. Diaz is out for the year. Yeah. So it, it stymies them a little bit. They're off to a, a kind of mixed bag for a start. Uh, somebody believes in them a lot this weekend. We'll get into that in a minute. But they're seven and six. They're doing good things. It's not like it's completely over here. Uh, but yeah, I I think I, I think the Mets are good. They're just not in the top ten. And then the other team, Texas Rangers. Man, you you've already talked yeah, multiple I'm, times I'm about a their, fan. I'm about a their fan. rotation. I mean, like Jacob Degrom had a rough uh, opening day start, but he bounced back and and was typical Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love their their offense with Seager and Simeon and look anytime Bruce Bochy's a manager you got a shot to win because he knows how to manage a bullpen right and I mean he I mean how many World Series does he have three yeah so I mean I believe in the Texas Rangers I think especially out out west like and we'll we'll talk about it here but like the AL West is not as buttoned up as as you may think and I think I think the Rangers could uh, maybe sneak sneak it out yeah I mean I I don't. I don't disagree with the fact that that's definitely possible. Do I? Do I think for sure? Oh, I don't. Th- I'm not saying. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're still only 13, 14 games in the season, but you know, it's it's good to get off to a good start. Like they like they always say, you can't win the division in April, but you can lose it. You and could, the, and they're not losing it. No, no, they're they're not losing it as of right now for sure. All right, let's go ahead and just jump into the top ten. Let's talk about the number ten team, that Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians. Yeah. They, they, solid. Same old, same old. They pitch. Terry Francona is your manager. He knows how to. I mean, he's a great manager. Uh, they get enough offense, and uh, yeah, I mean, and and as we've already established in our previews, the centrals in both leagues not great. Yeah, not phenomenal. So, I mean, the Guardians right now, I think they're they're in second place in the central behind a team that's a little bit ahead of them in this uh, um, power rankings. But I mean, they. They play good ball. They play sound ball. It's just whether they can get enough offense, and that's what you worry right. about. Right. So again, um, you know the the Guardians in that Central, you're you're kind of questioning there. Uh, the number nine team, the defending World Series champions, the Houston Astros, six and seven. Yeah, I mean they're just I mean, look, a slow start. Altuve's out. Yep. So and I mean right now they're losing to those Texas Rangers five to two in the bottom of the seventh. I mean. Again, Jordan Alvarez probably ends up as a top five ML, uh, MVP vote getter yep. in the AL. Uh, they could still pitch. They've got they've got a great squad. Kyle Tucker is underrated. Oh yeah, and so we believe in the Astros. They're still yeah. I mean, they've got the names. It's just they they haven't put it together early. It's, but it's again, a World Series hangover. It's early, so I'm yeah. not overly worried. And and this year was late. Like this World Series was late. That's yeah. also the other reason. I mean, we talked about last week. It's the other reason why I'm not completely worried about the Phillies right now. Yeah. Because they played so late. I mean, they played into November. Right. Like, we have to remember that. So I'm not I'm not too worried about the Astros. Just like I'm not too worried about my Phillies, even though the Phillies are not in this power rankings. I had to bring them in. Uh, the number eight squad, the current leader in the AL Central, the Twinkies, yeah. the Minnesota Twins. You know, I don't pick them this year. I, I was I, every because we we always laugh about the Centrals in both leagues, and so I always think about like who we pick. And I I just remember last year you were big on the Twins. I was, I was huge on, and the they twins. let you down. Uh-huh. And then you, you you tried to go with the 
the the shocker with the the tigers yeah. and, and they're letting you down. Well, yeah, and, I, and I the, just can't pick a central to save my life. Yeah. Apparently, and well, I can't pick the AOS either. <laughs> but, but we don't need to go there right now. But uh, yeah, Minnesota. I mean, they can pitch. I I love the rotation. Like you don't have a number one necessarily, but you have Sonny Gray, uh, Joe Joe Ryan, um, Pablo Lopez, Pablo Lopez, in the trade, uh, Tyler Molly. Ma- yeah, uh, Maley. Maley. He was with Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, so you just have a bunch of, like, number two through fours. Yeah, Kenta Maeda yeah. is another one, too. I mean, they they play well. And then, and then their team is, is, is very good. I mean, Christian Vasquez, their top two first basemen are on the IL, but Donovan Solano isn't terrible. Yeah. Nick Gordon playing uh, second base with Jose Miranda. Carlos Correa. And Carlos Correa on the left side of the diamond. I mean, they they Buxton. got it. Yeah, Buxton, Michael A. Taylor is yeah. playing. A, well, actually, Buxton has been DHing slash playing a little corner outfield because Max Kepler and uh, Joey Gallo are are out right now. So the great thing about the Twins is like, you know, guys like Michael A. Taylor, Donovan Solano, like they're not big names, they're not big offensive guys, but they know their role. They're good defenders. Oh, and then you have guys like Carlos. You have aircraft carriers like Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton. Like, yeah, and look, even though Joey Gallo kind of leaves you a lot to be desired, he's kind of found a little niche there with Minnesota when he's been on the field. Yep. So maybe maybe they found something there. But, yeah, Minnesota, they're, they're just – they're underrated. Yeah, absolutely. And And I – you know, I originally said, like, I'm not picking the Twins this year because they <laughs> lost Correa – so like I were like they got worse, but then Crans up coming back and yeah. finding his way back to Minnesota, and I was like, well, I've already made my conviction, so <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm going another way. But uh, yeah, Twins, uh, ten and four right now after their win versus the Yankees today, sitting in the eight spot, the number seven, the team, Blue Jays. They just beat the last undefeated. They are nine and five. I mean, this team is stacked. You know, no yeah. matter how you look at it. Yeah. They are a phenomenal squad and they just they know how to win, they know how to do it right. I mean, you've got Vlad Jr. Yeah. Bo Bichette. The rotation, Kevin Gosman, Alec Manila, Chris Bassett was a big addition, Kikuchi, Matt Chapman as well. The funny thing is when you look at that ro- rotation, the weakest guy, Jose Barrios. Yeah. He shouldn't be. He, but he hasn't he hasn't put it together as a Blue Jay, but we know it's it's there. It's somewhere in there. I mean, he pitched well tonight. Yeah, I mean it, it was his start tonight, so he yeah, don't don't count him out. Too oh, I'm much not there. counting him. I'm just saying on on the whole, as a Blue Jay, it has not gone well. I'll give you that. I mean, you know, definitely something to think about. But yeah, Kikuchi goes tomorrow. Uh, the Rays haven't announced their starter for tomorrow, but Springer goes deep. He's had a great start to the season. Um, yeah, I mean, Barrios won five innings, only one earned six Ks. Yeah, pretty good. Um, so yeah, listen, the, the Blue Jays, their entire team from top to bottom knows how to hit, knows how to field. They, they're really good. And I mean, you, we didn't even mention Whit Merrifield at second base. Yeah. Or Brandon Belt is their DH. I don't even sneaky. know if Whit Merrifield plays every day for them. I don't think he, he does. should, he but I mean, I know they've kind of moved him around. Well, they have Santiago uh, Espinal as well, yeah, and Kevin Biggio as well. I mean, they they've got plenty of places they yeah, can they, put a bunch. Of they people. got they got depth, for yeah, sure. for sure. And so that's good enough for the number seven slot. We might have even moved them to number six, but this team just knows how to pitch. They know how to get it done. It's the Milwaukee Brewers, and and you know what? They shouldn't be this good. And the reason I say that is this team has a lot of thump, but they have a lot of swing and miss. Yeah. William Contreras. Rowdy Tellez. Rowdy Tellez. <laughs> Willie Adamas. Christian Yelich ever since he won his MVP. I like Bryce Terang. I do as well. Uh, he's actually out tonight. I think it's just a light thing, workload type deal. But it helps when you have the third best uh, ERA in the sport. Yeah. I mean, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, who's currently on the IL. Freddie Peralta. Uh, Eric, Eric Lauer. Lauer. Wade yeah. Miley is your five. Dude, he's, like, he's so underrated. He is. He is a solid three, you know, really good four, and he's an exceptional five. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this, this team knows how to pitch. They still got Devin Williams in that closer role. 
Hobie Milner is a great uh, relief pitcher, as well as Matt Bush. Um, uh, 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 Guerrera, I can't remember his first name. I think we forget that they had Josh Hader last year. Yeah. And it's like, look, we all know how great Josh Hader is. I'm not saying that he's like a, a nobody, but it's like, He's a bum. <laughs> Josh Hader, who really with Devin Williams, like it, it was, it was seeming like he's Josh Hader's a free agent after the season, so we knew they they knew they weren't bringing him back, so they got some pieces for him, and it's working out real good. Yeah, and again, Brewers, they're out kicking their coverage from a hitting standpoint at the start. Yeah, but I'm not sitting here saying that they're you know that they're bums in any way, shape, or form. I mean, they do have a plus twenty five run differential, so yeah, they do they do know how to hit, but I think that's going to come back and bite them. I I truly believe that is, I this team just has so much swing and miss from top to bottom. I worry about them from a standpoint hitting, but as of right now, they are doing it, so we got to put them in the six hole. Uh, number five, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and you just got to give them respect. They won one hundred and sixteen yeah. games last year. They've still got basically the same squad. Um, you know, start off with uh, Urias and Kershaw to lead off that rotation mm-hmm. with Dustin May. Noah Syndergaard is a five now for them. Um, Will Smith behind the dish. Freddie Freeman at first. Max Muncy has had a great start to this season. Got Peralta and Betts in the outfield of the corners. J.D. Martinez batting DH. I mean, this team is stacked from top to bottom. And now, do we think they're going to repeat with the amount of wins that they had last year? Oh, no. No, but they're phenomenal, and they get it done. Yeah, I mean, even though they lost a guy like Trey Turner, who we both know is a great player, they still lead the National League and run score with 79. So, like, they... Well, I mean, it helps when you have Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, but like, even though they lost and they didn't, they didn't really, they didn't add anything in the offseason. I mean, Noah Syndergaard was their biggest addition, and... They're still a really good team. You know, they're not going to win as many games. And with San Diego in the division and Arizona's having a good start to the year, like, they're not going to, you know, hit. I, I doubt they win 100 games. But, like, this team is still legit. You got to put some respect on their name. Yeah, put some respect. Uh, let's go ahead to the other team in their division, the San Diego Padres. We just talked about them. And this team just, it, it was stacked and got even more so yeah. when they signed Xander Bogarts this year. They have, like... 10 shortstops. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of insane, but you're right. I mean, Fernando Tatis, when he is done with his suspension, which I think has another like 40 games left on it now. I think he had yeah. 50 to start the year. But you got Darvish, Blake Snell, Michael Waka Waka Waka. He's having a good start. Yeah, Nick Martinez. When Joe Musgrove comes back, that's going to yeah. be phenomenal. Yeah. And we already talked about Josh Hader in the closer role with Luis Garcia. Uh, Robert Suarez, uh, Lo Siento from Bryce Harper there. Um, but Austin Nola, Jake Cronenworth playing first. Uh, Manny Machado at the hot corner. Juan Soto's playing left with Kim. Trent Grinsom. Yeah. I mean, th- this team's just stacked name after name after name. You know it's bad when Rugnet Odor is your fourth right fielder, but he's actually <laughs> playing right now because yeah. Tatis is probably right. going to man that spot and David Dahl's on the IL. So, yeah. I mean, this team's great from top to bottom, and and they know how to get it done. Matt Carpenter, sneaky pickup this year for yeah, them, too. Yeah, that was a great pickup. So, Nelson Cruz. Yeah, I mean, this team just knows how to hit. And I know they're 7-7 seven and seven right now, but they faced a lot of really, really good teams. I mean, look, teams. they beat the Braves 3 out of 4. Yeah, that was the other reason why we have them up there, too. I mean... I think everybody knows we got the Braves up of the top three of this list. Right. And they did just take two or three from them. So they know how to hit. They know how to make it work. And uh, they've just had some bad luck. They've also played a lot of really, really good teams so far this year. So they're 7-7. Seven and seven. Let's go to number three. Uh, we know it's not the Rays. So the it's either Yankees. the Braves or the Yankees. We chose the Yankees at the three spot. They're 8-6 and six after their loss today to the uh, Minnesota Twins. Listen, the Yankees are phenomenal. Yeah, they've had injury. I mean, Carlos Rodon's been out. You know, that's a big piece of their rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look, Aaron Judge, uh, he's not doing as good as last year, but I mean, yeah. he's still doing great, and last year was historic. So you don't you don't worry about the Yankees. Garrett yeah. Cole looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, he uh, he made adjustments, and he cut his hair, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's awesome. So, like, you just don't 
you don't worry about the Yankees. No, you nasty just don't. Nestor on the rotation there. Rizzo Vol- Volpe's been great at short. Yep. Uh, Glaber mm-hmm. at second. I know Lemayhew's been hurt. He's been in and out, but I mean he's he's solid. Stanton, he's doing his thing as yeah. a DH. So yeah, there's there's not a lot of things to say about the Yankees except they're they're good. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, John Carlo has the longest home of the year so far. So. I worry about their like rotation depth because I mean Severino, he's on the IL, but he hasn't been amazing. Rodon, he's been hurt since he put on a Yankee uniform, mm-hmm. and that happened this off season. Um, but I mean, you have Garrett Cole, you have Nasty Nestor, so I, I'm sure they'll, they'll if they have to make a move, they'll make a move. Yeah, it 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 hurts, but you know you gotta do what you do. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to your Braves, man. I'm gonna let you kind of have the floor here. Yeah, I mean, look, they've 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 had a lot of injuries, especially the rotation. Max Reed's been out. Kyle Wright just came back. He didn't look good in his first start, but I think he'll rebound. I know the rotate. I mean, the bullpen with Iglesias, he's been out, but AJ Minter's been doing his thing. Uh, I love I love what the new guy, Sean Murphy, already hit hit a walk off, and it was awesome because Dale Murphy who is Murph, was like, hey, way to go, Murph. So it was kind of cool that he gave him that nickname. Uh, Matt Olson, I I think Matt Olson's going to surprise a lot of people. I think he could be an MVP candidate because he made an adjustment to his, his batting stand. He's more crouched, which has is, is been done wonders for him. Shortstop, we thought that would be the weak spot with Danzy Swanson gone. Orlando RC has done a great job. Even though he just went on he the just IL went, last Yeah, microfracture. And anytime Hunter Green hits you with like a 99 mile an hour fastball on the wrist, yeah. It, it makes sense. Probably going to break it. Right. Uh, so Von Grissom got called up today. Eddie Rosario, he's starting to look good this year. Of course, it's amazing what happens when you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronald Acuna, that guy's an MVP candidate, and you can see it from the start. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he's healthy. Like the knee is not a problem anymore. Right. Really, the only <laughs> weak spot is left field. Okay, Marcelo Zuna, like, you probably should not play in a Braves uniform the rest of the year. Yeah. Like, he's only had two hits, both of them home runs. That's great, but, like, like he barely puts the ball in play. Right. You thought he would he would turn around. He had a good spring, but it has not translated to uh, <laughs> the regular season. So, I mean, the Braves just, they have, they have so much depth. And even though the rotation has been beat up, like Bryce Elder, he looks like the real deal. Um, love love the bullpen, even though they've had injury with you know Rysel Iglesias. But uh, I think I think the Braves are legit. I know I'm biased, but like I think they're the favorite in the National League. Yeah, and they and they should be. I mean, by by their record, by their depth, by what they know how to do. Um, you know, I. I, I said it when uh, Hoskins went down for the Phillies. It gave the Braves a little boost. When Diaz went down for the yep. Mets, it gave the Braves a little boost. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team knows how to win. They were already favorites, and then they became even bigger favorites. Right. Um, you know, Arcia going down, he's had a, st- a great start to the season. So you worry that there could be a little regression there. Same with Michael Harris. Is he still on the IL as right. well? Um, but – it seems like your team's responding. Now, granted, I mean, you did just sweep out the Reds, and it makes sense, but my Phillies couldn't do that. So yeah. I understand that a sweeps are really, really hard to do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this Braves team's phenomenal. So the we crazy, definitely got to give The it crazy them. thing about this is, like, this team could potentially, I think, be better than the, the team that won the World Series. And that's they, – they don't have Freddie Freeman. They don't have Dansby Swanson. That was their two leaders of the clubhouse – those two, the last two years, and they could be better because of just all the young talent. Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, Matt Olson's done a great job. Austin Riley, that guy is awesome. You know, they locked him up to a 10 year deal. Sean Murphy's doing a great job behind the plate. And Travis Starr now, he, he's doing fine, but he's on the IL. Yeah. Like, they've had so many injuries, but it, it hasn't stopped them from winning games. Right. And again, I mean, record record would state that you're gonna you're gonna win games. And uh, yeah. this this Braves team's just it, it's very solid. And we've already talked about the number one team enough with the first part of this segment. <laughs> Tampa Bay Rays, obviously they're thirteen to one. And when we made this list, they were still undefeated. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they're phenomenal. It's great. So let's just go ahead and run down the list again. Rays at one, Braves at two, Yankees at three, Padres at four, Dodgers at five, Brewers at six, Blue Jays at seven. Twins at 8, Astros at 9, Guardians at 10, the Just Misses are the New York Mets and the Texas Rangers, 
Crazy to think about. Now, two of those teams that we just mentioned are our eliminator picks. Yes, sir. Parker, who do you have this weekend? I got the Cleveland Guardians. They already have one win in the bank. Yeah. I've got the New York Mets versus the Athletics. I'm sticking with my whoever plays the <laughs> Athletics. I'm hey, sticking with that, it. That is a safe pick. Hey, listen, it's given me 2-0 and oh with a sweep. Parker <laughs> is 1-1 one and one as he... Decided not to go with me with Tampa Bay because he said that we have to be different, even though I told him he didn't. I know you um, told me, but you know, I, I want to. We're, we're the same in a lot of our takes, yeah. And so I think when we make picks, we we need to try to be different. Try to be different, yeah, if we can. I did submit both of mine, and then you picked one of the two that I picked. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. It's no worries. <laughs> I took the other one, and it was also the athletics one anyway. I would like to thank. Uh, we got a couple guys playing along as well. Curtis Jackson is also two and zero. He's taking the Guardians this week. Uh, and then uh, Jonah, who uh, who's been yeah. on this podcast, uh, he is. I think uh, I think he's taking the Mets with me. Isn't his whole thing is like whoever the, the plays the Reds? Yeah, whoever plays the Reds. But I, he stopped that after last week because he took Tampa Bay with me because he was in Tampa Bay. Yeah. So he took. I think he, but I think he switched it to the Athletics like me. I think he's oh. with me there. So he's he's taking the Mets as well. Right. If you want to play on Twitter. Uh, we post on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. We'll post who our Eliminator picks yep. are. Just go ahead and respond to that. And if you don't know where to find us on Twitter, hit us up at the Sports GPS Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And yeah. We lo- we'd love to you know talk with you. Give us your picks. Yep. And give us insight on what your thoughts on our topics and, you know, what you think about it. Yeah. I mean, especially when we get the dog days of summer and there's not much else yeah. to talk about. We 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 want to try to get more interactive in that regard. We're going to start putting up poll questions and we want you to, to answer those polls and, and hit us with some comments. And so that way we can bring those in, make it more fan interactive, especially with the start of season four. Mm-hmm. right around the corner so we're definitely looking for that and we we value it all but i think that's going to wrap it up for this episode we're still in season three it happens to be episode 49 for all of us here at the sports gps parker white cj holly thanks for stopping by oh thank you